Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scope, Jared Mack on the show. Welcome to your Wednesday edition, a little later than normal. Uh, our playoff reactions are a little bit later than normal because, hey, it's crazy time. Don't really know what sport you're covering by the hour with so much going on. Um, best way we could get this done was Wednesday morning after the podcast, after the playoffs were released. And guys, the Ducks moved up to number three in the college football playoff rankings. I don't think this was necessarily all that surprising. Um, I, I think it was expected that Oregon would move up at least one mm -hmm. spot. Um, there was some debate I, or discussion from some of those in the national media that felt like maybe there's a case for Oregon at number two, but that just felt kind of like Oregon needed to really win big at Washington to really accomplish that. Um, but nonetheless, our reactions of the playoff, Georgia one, Alabama two, Oregon three, Ohio State is now in at four, Cincinnati is at five, and then Michigan is at six ahead of Michigan State, who Michigan State just beat Michigan like two weeks ago. Yeah, this is what we. This is where we thought they'd be, and I, and there was some rumblings, like Matt said, of maybe two. I, I was like probably like eighty twenty that they would be three, yeah. not two. Two would have been, I think, kind of surprising, and that would have certainly sparked some national debate. Because, say what you want about Alabama, I think Alabama has a better resume overall. Oregon obviously has the better sing, single win, but I think Alabama still has like five wins over teams in the top twenty-five. Or, or so, there's a stat out there I saw last night. Apologize for not having all the stats correct because I'm juggling women's basketball stats in my brain right now as well, still from the game I covered afterwards. But um, I digress. No, it, it it's about where we thought they'd be. This is it's it's the fair positioning if they somehow were jumped by anybody. Because you think about the teams that were right behind them. If Ohio State or Cincinnati would have jumped Oregon after really uninspiring wins over not good teams, that would have been a disaster. So this is where we thought they'd be. I think the only thing that gives me a little cause for concern and maybe this is me just a little too maybe I'm too, too much bedwetting here but I'm kind of going like the fact that Michigan is over Michigan State does that mean the committee is not as keen on the whole head-to-head -head thing as we thought and should we be worried about the Ohio State Oregon factor here I know Oregon's win over Ohio State much more impressive than what Michigan State did to Michigan it was a road win it was without Kayvon Thibodeau and other key players um, it was a more, I, I think, a more decisive win. They led from you know start to finish, whereas Michigan State had to come back and rally late. Credit to them, obviously, they still won the football game. But I thought the committee kind of sent an interesting message on Tuesday of these two teams just played recently, and yet the team that lost the game is ahead two weeks after that game and that outcome. So, like, I don't know. Are you guys worried about the Ohio State factor? You look at who Ohio State plays this week. We should note Purdue, because of that Michigan State win, is now a top 25 team, I think 16th um, in these rankings. Uh, do we think if Ohio State beats, beats them decisively and maybe Oregon doesn't beat Washington State quite as decisively that you're concerned or you still feel pretty good about where Oregon is at? And, and I want to note, even if Ohio State were to jump Oregon at some point here, I still feel like they control their own destiny because I just don't see anyone else making up enough ground. Like maybe Oklahoma, if they went out at the same time, like they've, they're pretty far down there still. They're still at eight. I am not all that concerned about Michigan being over Michigan State. I had thought about this yesterday too, Eric, since you brought it up at the women's basketball game. Um, you know, Michigan State was manhandled against Purdue. Like sure. That game really wasn't close. 
And the final score kind of indicates that it was close. But, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, I think Purdue had like a 14 or 17 point lead. Like that game, it was over. Purdue like absolutely demolished Michigan State just a week after they were the, you know, ranked number three in the country. Um, So to me, that makes sense that Michigan is ahead of Michigan State. You know, Michigan took care of business against, uh, I think they played, not Nebraska, they played um, Rutgers, I think. Indi- Rutgers or Indiana. They're all the same it, schools, it, all it, those it, red it, and white ones. I think um, it was Indiana, yeah. They're, like, the, that didn't surprise me. I expected that to happen. Um, I think they still take in, into account the head-to-head, um, but I think they take into account a absolute blowout to Purdue more than a, than a win over either Rutgers or Indiana, whoever they played. Um so, like, moving forward, um, it is – I mean, to me, it's always it has always been concerning about Ohio State potentially leapfrogging Oregon just because of the end of the schedule that they play. Um, they still have to take on Michigan. They still have to take on Michigan State. Those games are going to be huge. And if Ohio State goes undefeated in that, they'll have two top ten wins in two weeks. And then they'll play whoever from the Big Ten West uh, in the national – in the uh, conference championship game. Those are better wins than anything that Oregon will ever have. Now that Utah is ranked inside the top 25, mm-hmm. they can add to the fact that they have, that they might end up with four top 25 wins if they beat uh, Utah next week and they beat them in the Pac-12 championship game. But Ohio State can have a better resume like this. And that's the scary thing. And so can Oklahoma and so can Michigan if Michigan decides to beat Ohio State for once in eternity, um, Oklahoma will still have Baylor and Oklahoma State on their resume, which are two good wins if they get it. And they can always, and, and the Big 12 championship game will probably be against one of them. I don't remember how they do it. I know they don't have divisions. I think they just do the top two teams for the championship game in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's, that's where the Pac-12 being not so great really, really, really hurts Oregon at this point. The best Oregon could do is continue to win out. And if they do, then they might have a chance to get into playoffs. But, you know, Ohio State and Michigan, if they went out, and Oklahoma, if they went out, then it makes it really hard to to really decisively say Oregon deserves to be in there when they only have one top 10 win, and it was two and a half months ago. This is the thing that's extremely maddening for me. Frustrating, confusing, doesn't make sense. Gary Barta the chairman of the college football playoff committee he does a a teleconference with the media after the selection show is completed and on that call he was asked about can he provide some transparency and the performance and metrics of both sides of oregon still being ahead of ohio state at this point in the season and after going through the you know the accomplishments of of what each team has done um, for Oregon specifically, he references that they, the Ohio State win, the Fresno State win, the win at UCLA. Ironically enough, the play of Anthony Brown at quarterback, uh, and then most recently the, the the win at Washington. And he notes in really bad weather situations. Um, but this is what really is frustrating to me with the entire scope of the playoff, not just Oregon Ohio State. And I'm going to read his quote. But as the committee stopped and had that conversation back and forth, both teams won this weekend, and neither team separated themselves. Last week, the difference maker for the committee was that Oregon, 
that the Oregon win at Ohio State, and I would suggest that since nothing really changed in the committee's eyes since last week, both teams won, both teams were on the road, Oregon maybe shined a little bit more, but at the end of the day, Oregon ahead of Ohio State this week. Now, here's the key part. That doesn't mean that this criteria would be the same in the rest of the year. It depends on next week. We'll do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So they're basically kind of coming out and admitting they're making up rules as they go. Um, and it's 100% imperative for Oregon to come out in its last three games against Washington State, at Utah, and then at home against Oregon State. And then if they get to the college football, if they get to the Pac-12 championship game, which they should, in the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas, you have to damn, you have to look really good. Like you, you basically you can't have a clunker again. And, and I think the only way you you have a clunker and don't get passed up by Ohio State is if Ohio State themselves has a clunker of a win or if they lose. I hate to say it, but I, this is how backwards this is and how perplexing it is but i feel like i'm already expecting ohio state's going to pass oregon here probably before the conference championship games like i'm already sort of in my mind preparing for that outcome because like you just said matt they're laying the groundwork for that to happen or at least they're very open to that possibility and it's tough and it's frustrating i think if you're an oregon supporter or somebody around this program because we just we watch these teams play and one team was the better team that day, and that team was the team that had more players out, including the best player, arguably, in all of college football, at least the best defensive player. Um, that loss at Stanford, I will be curious to see how they look at that loss, the, the Joe Moorhead factor, the officiating factor at the end of the game there, how close it was. Stanford's not doing Oregon any favors. They might not win another game the rest of the season, and it, that might hurt Oregon. Again, that's the part that's tough here. Oregon should have won that game, right? Like, I'm not going to argue they shouldn't have. It's out of their control what happens with Stanford afterwards. But if Stanford loses every single game the rest of the way, like it looks like they may, that makes that loss look really embarrassing. It makes it look like a really bad loss, and it opens the committee up to making this call of saying, well, Oregon might have beaten Ohio State, Ohio State heads up, but Ohio State has since won a lot more games against better teams, and Oregon's loss is to a team that went three and nine, like, and if you, and, and you read all that out and I go, I, I kind of get that point, right? I, I, I understand that. Like it kind of computes at the same time, the head to head is just so, it just seems like it doesn't really matter all that much. And I think that part gets frustrating. And, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I was very pleased to see Oregon was still ahead of Ohio state. I would have been con- confused if not, but even this weekend's game with Purdue, I think there's a possibility because Purdue again is now a top 20 team. Which we called last week. We, we said we when you won uh, against Michigan State, they would vault into the top 20 of the, of the rankings. And, and here they, they are. are. And here they are. And the Big Ten, again, Miss Minnesota loses, but they're, they're all there's still other teams up there that are just continue jumping in. And, again, the Pac-12 has one other team besides Oregon in here. And so this is where I do think you have to be concerned and aware of just like Oregon is in third position right now. I think that's great. You know, they, I, I think it's going to be – I think you're going to be a lot of sweating here. I still think if they win out, they have a very good chance of being in. Um, I don't know if they have a good chance of being a two or a three seed unless they get a lot of help. Um, you know, and that's the tough part. I, I kind of feel like if they do get in as that, they'll probably be the four seed and they're probably playing Georgia in the opening round. And that's just a tough matchup. Regardless, you're in the college world playoff. You accept it. You're excited to be there. Um, but you kind of go, boy, I, I, I just, I, I kind of fail to see a path to two and to two or the three seed 
unless there are a lot of upsets and a lot of teams drop games, which could very well happen. We just saw this last weekend. A lot of teams had, had difficult outcomes. A couple of teams lost. Cincinnati probably should have lost uh, or could have very easily lost. Things could get wild and maybe it'll work itself out. And if Oregon keeps winning, that's all that matters. I do just worry about if it comes down to Ohio State, Oregon. I think Ohio State's probably going to get the benefit of the doubt based upon what it's done on the back end, fair or not. And then Oklahoma is the team I'm worried about. I still kind of like Oregon over Oklahoma, but if Oklahoma is undefeated, it's hard to say you're not going to put an undefeated Big 12 champion in there, um, even though Oregon's totality of resume is probably going to be more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's um, I'd like to go back to Matt's point earlier where he talked about how like the college football committee kind of makes up rules. Um, they do that on purpose because then nobody can say that you're not following the rules that you gave us. So without giving us any rules, we can't call them on anything. They just give us sublim like, you know, sublime messages where it's like, hey, we think we like strength of schedule or head to heads matter or we just really like the SEC this year. Um, that's all that that's all that matters to them. So they get to pick and choose. Um, I think they've done a fine job so far in terms of picking and choosing. Um, yeah. But yeah, this all comes down to the final three weeks in, in, in three weeks. Uh, Ohio State could have wins over number 19, Purdue, number eight, Michigan State, and number nine, Michigan. Um, that trumps anything that Oregon's going to put out there by far, like no questions asked. Um, and that also is assuming that Oregon doesn't drop a game or that nobody else drops a game. And, you know, there's still going to be some really tough competition for Oregon going forward. And, so, you know, that's that's the college football factor in all of this. Um if Oregon continued to win, they could probably write themselves a ticket into the college football playoffs. But they need to win first off, which is yeah. always easier said than done. Um, nobody really expected Purdue to whoop Michigan State last week. Um, but it happens. It's college football. And people still expect Oklahoma to win. And they may, they may not. And it's the same case with Ohio State. It's the same case with Alabama. It could be the same case with Georgia. Uh, I don't think it's the same case with Georgia. I think Georgia is like that, the one elite team that we have this year. Everybody else right. is just, you know, you throw up your hand and you say, oh, I don't know. This, this, All these things could happen. But going forward, I, I, don't, I, I don't know at this point whether if hypothetically at the end of the year that if Oregon remains the course, wins the rest of their games, including the Pac-12 championship, and as does Ohio State, um, Part of me is like, uh, Ohio State's just going to get it. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, they had the better strength of schedule at the end of the season and the better resume. But there is a part of me that truly believes that the head-to-head -head will actually matter on that final selection Sunday from the committee, where they will look at the entire resume of both of these teams and say, yes, Ohio State has the better wins by far. You know, Oregon did take down a ranked Utah team in this hypothetical world twice in three weeks. That's pretty good. Um, but I think it, it in this world where they're both 12 and one, I think that head to head is actually going to matter. And it's going to be two completely different teams realistically in from you know, September 11th to I believe it's December 5th is the final selection show. Um, it's two different worlds. But they played. It, it's not a hypothetical. It's like, oh, if these teams met, who would win? That's the head-to-head. -head. It's like, no, these teams sat down and played a game in Columbus, and Oregon won. 
So that's the hope is that 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 win at the end of the day, when this hypothetical world where everybody goes undefeated for the rest of the year, the hope is that that head to head actually does matter one day. And maybe this is the year where that matters and they don't play bias or how much money that the that one specific team will get them instead of the other. We'll see. But again, selection committee can make up its own rules because there's only one selection committee. There's only one college football playoff, so they can do exactly whatever they like. Let's end it with this question for the playoff here. Um, I'm still confident that they're going to make it if if they get in and they win out their four, their four next games of the schedule. Washington State, Utah, Oregon State, Pac-12 championship game. I still think they get in because I think there's still going to be chaos that will ensue around the comp around Oregon um, that will that will allow them to get in. You know, I, I think between Ohio State and Michigan, one of those teams will drop out because they've got to play each other still. Um, Oklahoma still has to go out and play Baylor. They have to play Oklahoma State. They have to play the Big 12 championship game. Georgia and Alabama still have to play each other. And if Georgia wins that game, Alabama drops out. Um, I, I just think there's still plenty of chaos around Oregon that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That I feel confident that, that they still are in a good position. I don't feel as confident, though, hearing the comments from Gary Barda about head-to-head, seeing how they handled Michigan and Michigan State. I don't feel confident that Oregon can can get that number two spot if chaos around them happens and maybe Ohio State wins out. Um, I, I think there's probably a better chance Oregon stays at number three the rest of the way or drops to number four than it is climbing to number two. I think uh, yeah, I think but, the two I think the two spot is virtually non non-existent for Oregon. Yeah. I think it's I, three I, or I, four. I, 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 I would agree. I, I think honestly, I think the most likely outcome is probably four. Um, but yeah, there's and and I mean, they could get to three. I'm trying to think in my head how all this plays out. Alabama loses, they fall out. That gives Oregon an opportunity to move up. But then you have Ohio State right there, potentially ready to jump them. If Oklahoma's undefeated, maybe Oklahoma jumps them. You know, what I mean, it could be a thing where it's like at the end, it's Georgia one, Ohio State, Oklahoma in some order at two and three in Oregon at four. I, I could in my head sort of see that making sense. I don't think Cincinnati is going to jump any of these teams based upon what they have ahead of them. Um, and honestly, the based upon how they've played, I think they're going to get, I think it's going to be a situation where there's going to be a lot of upheaval about, I could see this Oregon being a one loss team at four and Cincinnati being at five undefeated and people really pulling their hair out about how Oregon doesn't deserve to be in there. And then Oregon goes and plays Georgia, who by the way would smack the crap out of Cincinnati as well. And Oregon maybe doesn't compete very well with Georgia, and everyone goes, "Why didn't Cincinnati get in there? They, power, they never get a shot." And it's like, "Well, the, this is a Pac-12." Wouldn't team. matter. Like you know, it wouldn't have mattered. So um, I'm already sort of preparing myself for four being kind of best case, unless this gets absolutely chaotic and the Big Ten totally cannibalizes itself, and Ohio State loses to Michigan, but M- Michigan loses another game in the Big Ten championship game, and Michigan State, you know, I mean, all this stuff just gets totally chaotic here. Um, I just think four feels most likely. And also, like, maybe Oklahoma drops a game, which really makes things interesting. I think Oklahoma is probably the team, along with just Big Ten chaos, that you're really rooting for and pulling for here because 
Um, if Oklahoma wins out, I, 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 I think Oregon probably still might have a better resume to in totality, even with the one loss, just because Oregon has a better win, and Oklahoma so far has no quality wins. Um, how good is it win against Baylor going to look? How good is a win against Oklahoma State going to look, assuming those teams also drop other games, which I think they might. Um, but I could see the committee jump them up there. I don't know. That one I get a little bit – I'm not sure on that one. But I, I still think four is probably the more likely outcome here. So root, root against everybody else, basically. Root for chaos. Oh, the chaos is coming. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can choose who you want to root for. I, I still think that Oregon most likely ends up as the three or the four if they continue to win out, which who knows? Because with all the chaos that's happening in this in the in the college football like landscape, you know, how is Oregon just not going to be the one that's affected by it? Um, so they have to continue to win, and they have to hope for some other teams to lose. I mean, it's it's the same scenario as a lot of teams basically every year with the college football playoff. Um, Oklahoma doesn't really scare me, I think. Um, I think if they do beat Baylor and Oklahoma State, it'll get a little more hairy, but I, don't, I, I still feel like the selection committee just doesn't like Oklahoma in their totality this year. Yeah. Um, neither do I. You know, barely sneaking out of Lawrence, Kansas with a win. That was something that no college football team should ever do. You should always go into Kansas and beat Kansas, especially as a top 10 team. Um, uh, I, I will keep my eye on Notre Dame. That is somebody, you know, they moved up in the rankings this week. I think they're eight now. Um, that's a I, team where, huh? I think they're nine. Yeah. Oklahoma's nine. Eight. Yeah. Sorry. They're nine now. They're one loss team. They're Notre Dame. And, you know, it's just the name factor alone. Um, but this is where, you know, being an independent really hurts them because they don't have a good team on the remaining, you know, four games that they have left. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be chaos one way or another, whether or not Oregon is involved with it in terms of their own chaos has yet to be seen. I anticipate that they will be. Um, whether they won't win or lose in these chaotic games, it'll certainly be chaos and people across the country will be paying attention. But yeah, this is, um, it's fun that we get to talk about this and not just get to be on the outside looking in, but yeah. on the inside looking out and really trying to see if Oregon can hold their spot as three or four in the rankings. All right, let's move over to the games of the week now um, in the Pac-12 conference. There's already one game, unfortunately, that's been canceled, uh, or I should say postponed, and, and that is uh, Cal and USC up in Berkeley. Um, we don't know the full story yet. At City of Berkeley and the University of California are going back and forth at each other over the guidelines there, and it's going to be interesting to see what plays out of that. It's going to be rescheduled for, I believe, December 5th or fourth um so we'll, we'll add that one to the docket later on in the week or later on in the year but first up uh number 24 utah who's six and three goes on the road at one and eight arizona 11 a.m kick on the pac-12 networks that's a pacific time kick noon arizona utah is favored by 24 points seeing how they played against stanford last week on the road I have a hard time picking against that. Um, <laughs> Arizona's bad. 
Uh, yeah. Utah is, 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 is surging here. So I'm going to say 38 to 10, Oregon. You stole my score. I was exactly <laughs> it, Matt. By the way, that's the first time. And at the beginning of the season, you did this every time. And now it feels like this might be the first time you've, you've we've had the same score in at least like a month. Um, won't belabor the point here. This is probably the most uh, academic of the whole thing here. We all know how this is going to play out. Utah's going to win, win handedly. Arizona won a game, but like they had, they required the other team not having like three quarters of its roster available. I know it's not quite that much, like a third of its roster. So the, yeah, the Utes roll 38 10. Yep. Utah 42 10. Almost, oh. guys. Almost. But yeah, I mean, Utah is, uh, they're firing in all cylinders. They're now ranked. They have some mojo going and they're getting ready to face Oregon in a week and a half or, you know, yeah, week and a half at this point. So Utah 42 to 10. Next game uh, on the road is go Stanford, who at three and six. They head to Corvallis to take on the Beavers, who's five and four. 2.30 kick Pacific time on the Pac-12 networks. Oregon State's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite two weeks in a row in which they've kind of screwed the pooch here a little bit. They should have won at Cal to become bowl eligible. They should have been good enough to, to go to Colorado to what should have been their seventh victory, but to get bowl eligible, and they didn't win either of those games. Um, this was their stretch. The This three-game stretch here to get to eight wins and position yourself for the possibility that if Oregon makes the playoff, the Beavers could have a case to get to the Rose Bowl as the replacement team. Um, crazy, but it, it was possible, and that's no longer the case. Now they're fighting to be bowl eligible. I don't think Stanford is very good. Uh, I think that program is in shambles right now. David Shaw, his seat should be – it shouldn't be, like, on fire, but he should be getting some heat for how poorly they've played this season and some of the decisions he's made. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon State one more time. I'm going to ask them to cover one more time. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in that, um, but I'm picking Oregon State 33, Stanford 20. Stanford might be without McKee again, and it sounds like it won't be Jack West. It would be true freshman Ari Patu. Um, great name. Don't know how good of a quarterback he great is, name. and this would be this would he be a is, tough spot. He's the son of uh, Sal Patu. There you go. Hey, pulls it all together for us. That's that's good, mm. good data there. Um, so Oregon fans would have somebody to, I guess, root for. I guess probably. Um, in fact, if you're Oregon, you do want Stanford to actually win the games and look yes. somewhat competitive and show some signs of life because they have not done that. Um, I actually wrote down Stanford total train wreck. Um, Oregon State gets to eligibility first time since 2014. I'm going really lopsided because I think if it is not McKee in this game, it's going to be ugly because we just saw what it was like against Utah. Uh, Oregon State 41-13. That's a good one. Um, I didn't take my score into account of Tanner McKee is in, so I'll do this on the fly. Uh, I have Oregon State winning 38-14. I this is just Oregon State offense that really loves to run the ball, and Stanford cannot cannot stop the run. I yep. mean, Utah ran for, I think it was 400 yards against uh, Stanford it was, last week. It was over 400 yards. Was, yeah. yeah. It, so I expect some similar thing to happen this week. So, yeah, Oregon State 38-14. Uh, next game on the docket, Arizona State, sneaky 6-3, and three, goes on the road to a suspended Jimmy Lake-led Washington Husky program that's four and five. Um, Donovan 
the offensive coordinator for Washington has been fired. So mm-hmm. this is what's going on at Washington. Um, Gregory, their defensive coordinator, longtime assistant coach, is the acting head coach and defensive coordinator. Junior Adams, who was the receivers coach, is now elevated up to offensive coordinator. And your head coach is not available to coach in this football game. Arizona State, meanwhile, continues to kind of flirt with, are they good? Are they not good? What 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 should we think? I, I think everything that happened at Washington last weekend against Oregon, there's going to be emotional collateral damage in this one. It's going to be a dud of a performance from UW. It's not going to look pretty. Um, they're not good at, at all. So I, I, I'm taking the warm weather team going up north and winning and covering the spread. Um, Arizona State, 34, Washington, 18. I did write here, wouldn't it be kind of poetic if Washington played its best game of the season without Jimmy Lake and, and pulled off the win? And then <laughs> I reminded myself, yeah, and then I reminded myself that that result would require Washington winning a game, which I am not in favor for or favor of. So I scratched that from my mind. I think Matt actually brings up a good point of, the Sun Devils, obviously, Arizona, pretty nice weather down there. Seattle, we were just there. But speaking of train wrecks, speaking of not fun places to be, um, I still think Arizona State wins. I, I just have it been a little closer than that. I have Arizona State 30, Washington 23. Uh, I don't think Washington's very good. And in fact, guys, do we are we kind of feeling like this could be a year where they don't even get bull eligible? Um, yeah. It's a possibility. It's something to watch here with the, with the Huskies because – only have four wins right now. I don't know if I see a lot more on the docket from here. Obviously, I, I think they'll lose this one, and then they play Washington State to end their season. Where Where is the Apple Cup? I think that could dictate where things Ooh. go. I don't. I don't know I mean, what that is. No idea. Does it matter? No. Maybe well, not. <laughs> I don't know. I, so I have I have Arizona State winning thirty one seventeen. I think if ASU gets to twenty four points, this game's over. I yeah. just. Uh, yeah. It was it was just embarrassing watching Washington's offense last week. Um, one drive longer than 27 yards, I think, was the number. Um, mm-hmm. That was in the fourth quarter, so bad. Um, but, yeah, the cold weather might affect Arizona State. Um, the But Arizona State can run the ball, so they're fine. Rashad White, he's pretty good. Watch that game. Sure. Arizona State 31, Washington 17. Colorado three and six goes on the road at UCLA, who's five and four. Six p.m. kickoff on the Pac-12 networks. Bruins sixteen and a half point favorite. Um, there's a lot of uh, it's not hostility. I think people are just kind of fed up with flirting and not getting over the hump of being bowl eligible at UCLA and Chip Kelly. Um, it feel it really feels like the way the media has covered him this year um, there's a lot of pressure for major changes even him maybe being fired Um, but nonetheless this team is one win away from bowl eligibility i think they get that even though colorado's coming off uh, probably a pretty emotional win at home to keep their bull hopes somewhat alive i mean technically they're still there at three and six but Give me UCLA to win this football game, and I'm I'm gonna go 37 to 20. I do not have UCLA covering. I do think they'll win. Um, 
Dorian Thompson Robinson has back has been back practicing for a couple of days, which is a really good sign. As you recall, that game at Utah, they didn't have him. They had Garbers playing, and that was just not great. Um, pulling up UCLA schedule here, they've won five games. If they assuming they win this week, and who the heck knows what's going to happen in Cal? Um, they have Cal and USC on the back end of the schedule here. Like, there's a pretty good chance UCLA could go eight and four, which, by the way, would be very good for Oregon, as you could prop that up as a pretty darn impressive win. Um, would be good for Utah's resume too, as would Arizona State winning. Um, you know, that's kind of how I'm thinking of this. Is it? Let's say Arizona State and Utah, or I'm sorry, Arizona State and UCLA both kind of win out and look impressive doing it. Suddenly, Utah maybe is a top 15-ish sort of team by the time you know that there's a little bit more meat on their bones. So, um, and obviously, UCLA winning helps too. So, I I think UCLA wins. I'm kind of impressed with the way Colorado scrapped here the last little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed signs of life against Oregon. Obviously, that was a really dominant win. Oregon couldn't be stopped on offense, but you saw a little bit of what Brendan Lewis and Brendan Rice could be. And Jarek Broussard's coming off his best game of the year in that Ohio, or sorry, that Oregon State upset. I think he ran for over 150 yards. I think they show a little bit of a fight here, but I have UCLA winning 35 23. I have UCLA winning 34 28. Um, Colorado's been frisky the last two weeks, kind of yep. like, you know, overtime win over Oregon State. Um, really, you know, had some good moments against Oregon and their defense. Um, I just think UCLA is going to be too much for them, uh, too much firepower. Um, their defense is still pretty good, and they could probably handle Colorado at points. Yeah, UCLA, 34, Colorado, 28. Okay, real quick, let's look across the country here um, at the games that matter to Oregon and maybe some potential upsets that we could be seeing. I think – the carousel of really solid but not elite Big Ten teams will continue. Um, number six, Michigan State goes on the road to Penn State, who's unranked at six and three, and it's a pick 'em game. And so I'm I'm going to pick Penn State. I, I think Clifford is is closer to being healthy than he has been the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I think Michigan had a solid win against Indiana last week, but that's a team that. They want to run the football because they really can't throw the football. Um, and when you go to a big stadium like Penn State against a solid team like that, you, you need to be balanced. I don't think Michigan State's a team – or Michigan's a team that you just expect to run for 300 yards against anybody no matter who they play. So give me Penn State in the upset win, which would eliminate Michigan from the college football playoff discussion and kind of devalue a little bit uh, the schedule that Ohio State has – remaining that was mine matt um i i broke oh damn it yeah you you really (laughs) broke broke my heart today i won't recover um i'm sitting here trying to figure out i've had a couple others written down i'm trying to think of which one i want to land with i think what i I think i will land is i keep an eye on and we've been picking against notre dame for a while but they go to virginia and virginia is a pretty a pretty decent team this year a little scrappy team jared i hope i didn't take your pick are we just all stealing each other's picks this week Um, no i just love brennan armstrong there you go. <laughs> Virginia's quarterback. Really good. I just could foresee this being the time where the Irish fall. We've been saying this for a while. I think last week, by the way, Matt and I both called. We both we both our picks landed because uh, I think one of us had Michigan State losing yeah. and one of us had Wake Forest losing, and both of those came to fruition. Let's hope the two of us continue to be right because I think this would – I don't really think Notre Dame's ever going to factor into this, but this is beneficial for a couple reasons because, A, it's a one-loss Notre Dame team. Who knows? The committee might get crazy. And also, that sort of devalues Cincinnati's big win. And 
Again, I'm not super wary of the Bearcats, but if they're undefeated, I think there's going to be a, a, an argument there. And if, if that win over Notre Dame is no longer a top 10 win and it's like a top 14 or 15 win, that's pretty beneficial. There's a couple other games on here that are really interesting. I'll let Jared speak his piece and then we can maybe circle back around and talk about it. But um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go Iris to drop to the Cavs. I mean, I always get the leftovers here, so I always have to try you to find something good. One. It's okay to pick the same one. There's, no, good, options. there's good options this week. Lame. There's still some good options. I think I'll go Baylor over Oklahoma. Um, just because I think it's you know it's a it's a noon noon's Fox game, big game. I'm sure Gus Johnson will be on the call. Um, in Baylor, in uh, I think it's McLean Stadium. Shout out Baylor. Um, and it's gonna be a showdown in Waco. Uh, Baylor's been really good this year, like surprisingly good because I didn't. They they were not good last year. Um, Oklahoma's defense in the past game is really poor, uh, and Baylor is really really good in in the in with their quarterback. Their running attack is even better, honestly. Uh, Oklahoma is a five and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, I think that's pretty close, honestly. Um, Baylor's coming on off a loss to TCU. I'm sure they're going to want to avenge that. Um, they're out of the college football playoffs. So this won't really matter for them, but a win over number eight Oklahoma and undefeated Oklahoma will be big. So yeah, I'll take Baylor. Why not? Why not? Why um, do you have more games, Matt? I got a couple to talk about. I, I, I think one that could be really important for just devaluing Alabama, devaluing some of the SEC's uh, invincibility is LSU winning at home against a top 25 Arkansas team knock, mm-hmm. knock them out of the top 25 um, you, you probably would love to see Ole Miss win this game against Texas A&M and knock out uh, that A&M team which would devalue Alabama's uh, schedule a little bit yeah the, the, the uh, A&M Ole Miss one is one that I was going to point to I also think you could also go well now or, or, now Alabama's win over Ole Miss is more impressive so either way <laughs> Either way, you, you could you could really kind of flip this one either way. Um, the only other game I was just going to point to that's kind of interesting is the TCU-Oklahoma State game. I don't know if the TCU is great, but they did just beat Baylor. Um, they have another chance against a top-10 team this week. Maybe maybe they get frisky and pull off two upsets in a row. Um, that would be just one to monitor. I, I probably don't think that's that likely, but that's a game to know. And then, again, I don't expect this will be the outcome again, but Purdue against another top-five team. Yeah. They go, they're going to Columbus. They, they've already beaten two teams that at the time are ranked in the top five. I believe I heard a stat that they have more top five wins as an unranked team than any team in, in the history of the sport, although they're not unranked now. Um, so that probably is why they won't win, aside from the fact that I don't think they're anywhere near as good as Ohio State. But that would be just another one to keep your eye on. If like Purdue gets really hot here and just total chaos. That would, like boiler, you want to be a Boilermaker fan right now. I don't think any Oregon fan has ever had that on the radar of wanting to be a Boilermaker fan, but this is the time if there ever was one. Um, you, you you certainly don't want Ohio State to keep winning, and if they could somehow drop this game, this would be the oh, perfect game. Everything. Mm-hmm. Perfect game for Ohio State to lose because it doesn't strengthen another team that's in the conversation's resume. Because, you know, again, if they were to, if Ohio State loses to Michigan or Michigan State at the end, that strengthens one of those teams' resumes. Losing to Purdue doesn't really matter at all because Purdue's never going to be really in the college football playoff. Although who knows, maybe they jump into jump into the top ten with a win, even though they have three losses. Three top ten wins in the year, yeah, yeah, but three um, losses. Too, so. Yeah, I'll be paying a lot of attention to that Purdue Ohio State game. I'll be watching Michigan and Penn State for sure. Um, two quick ones. 
you know where I'm going to go with this. UConn at Clemson. Let's do it. Worst football team in the country against Clemson. And then Maine at UMass. UMass just fired their head coach after going 2-23 and 23 in two okay. years. Let's see what happens. UMass is at home at the McGurk. Let's do it. Wasn't this supposed to be games that are relevant to Oregon? <laughs> we're uh, oh, turning it sideways, folks. Oregon. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, one final note. Fresno State, if you're Duck fans, you got to keep having them win. Um, they are now out of first place in their division in the Mountain West with a bad loss at home to Boise State. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a game back. They play New Mexico um, this weekend, and there are some games across the conference uh, in the Mountain West that could help them. Most importantly, Nevada and San Diego State, um, two teams that are – fighting with uh, Fresno State to, to win that division. So you're going to have to hope um, if if you're Fresno State, you can get some help because they don't play either of those teams down the stretch uh, in this one. They have San Jose State next week. So if you're Duck fans, you'd love to see somehow Fresno State to get back into that top 25, but probably not possible uh, for that one. Yeah. It's tough. As a, that was, by the way, just just if Oregon fans missed it, that was a bad loss for, yeah. for Oregon's resume because Fresno State not only lost, they got blasted pretty bad by Boise mm -hmm. State, who had four wins coming in. So that devalued that win a little bit. You want the Bulldogs to win out. It's yep. going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audible's podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, look forward to hearing from our counterparts up at Washington State uh, on the podcast on Thursday, previewing this weekend's game. Uh, Ducks and Cougars. That will come out on Thursday. And then Friday is our final preview of this football game with the three of us here on the show. So until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audible's podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Peace.